From the people who turned a niche Scottish football podcast into a critically acclaimed TV show on the BBC. It's Review from the Terrace, a pop culture podcast network. Hello and welcome to the Still Game podcast. My name is Bethany Tennick. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Scottish Rewatchable. Hello and welcome to Review from the Turnbuckle. Debating the best in movies, iconic TV shows, classic albums, peak era wrestling and so much more. Some intern got fired for that. Like, <laughs> be like, Jared! And what would you have done? <laughs> Loved it. What a moment. What a moment. Review from the Terrace brings together a collection of professionals, pals, misfits and special guest interviews. The one and only Ewan Angus. Big G Telfer. Director of Still Games, Michael Hines. That's Review from the Terrace, a newly created podcast network with at least two shows dropping every week. Hi, neighbour. Good to see you, man. Good to see you, man. It's been a long time, man. <laughs> Many people will say it's the biggest moment in the history of wrestling. It's about 35. <laughs> <laughs> Find us on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. I'm Boyd Hilton. He is uh, Josh Landy. And we're joined today on what I'm calling our biannual transfer deadline day special Footballistically Arsenal podcast. Uh, the great Trevor Harris, commentator, commentator extraordinaire, Arsenal fan, um, diehard smoker. I can see plume, plumes of smoke wafting around Trevor's head on the Zoom. Uh, how are you? I'm good, mate. It, I mean, it could be pills the way the season started. It's lucky it's only tobacco at the moment. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Um, if we all want to, um, I don't know, just relax and maybe take a break from worrying about Arsenal. I have to tell you that Beer 52 is offering a free case of eight craft beers at the moment. Um, they're offering, they're sourced and curated from the best breweries on the planet for free. And if you go to www.beer52.com forward slash Arsenal and just cover the £5.95 for the postage, you can get this um, excellent first case of eight beers. It's the world's most popular craft brewery discovery club with over 150,000 members, and they send a brand new case to you every month. Um, the cases have different themes built around different countries like New Zealand, South Africa, Korea, and they don't just do dark beer, they do lighter options, and you get the award-winning beer magazine joyously titled Ferment and a Tasty Snack. Plus, if you change your mind about um, joining, you can pause or cancel your account anytime. So just go to beer52.com, that's beer52.com forward slash Arsenal to get your first case of eight beers for five ninety five. Josh, here we are on transfer deadline day. There's two big things to discuss in this. I mean, we haven't, you know, I mean, I don't know how we're going to squeeze it all in. There's the big issue of are we at rock bottom as a football club? And I'd just like to mention... Um, that on the, the WhatsApp, my WhatsApp group with our, our group that goes to the games and we meet for the games before is now we've renamed the group Desperate Club Boys. Um, and uh, there's general fury, anguish, tears, depression going on in that group, I think reflecting a lot of fans. So there's that big issue to discuss. And there's this transfer deadline day news because there's all kind of transfer deadline day shenanigans going on with Arsenal. As we speak, we're making a signing. Japanese player Takahiro Tomiyasu, who is a right back slash central defender, and we'll get onto that in a minute. What that means, Hector Bellerin is confirmed as leaving the club on on a loan. Well, on a loan, but you know, still. Ainsley Maitland-Niles is apparently staying. He was going, maybe. Then he was staying. Then he was being ostracised. And he was told he wasn't going to train with the club. And he went on Instagram and he complained. And he said he just wants to play. And apparently now he's had clear the air talks with Arteta. And it's all, well, hopefully he's staying. Talk about that. It's all going on, isn't it, Josh? I mean, it's going on, certainly, Boyd. I think that's a, a fair comment. It is it is going and it is on uh, or off in the uh, case of Hector, which I imagine you are incredibly sad about, Boyd. He's one of your favourite players. Yeah. Once Walcott left the club, you had yeah. precious few who you, who you loved as much as Hector. So I'm sorry for you, and I hope that 
you know, you don't Thanks. turn to the cigarettes as, as quickly as Trevor has later as this evening gets closer to 11 o'clock. I mean, what are you expecting yeah. Hector to say on his soppy Instagram post? What are you, what are you expecting there later? I think it will be, I think it will be um, full of humanity and um, class as, cause he's, that's, I, I think, you know, I, I'm willing to admit, I mean, the comparison with Theo is, is a good one in your part, as you know, because obviously I'm aware of Theo's thoughts as a player for Arsenal. You know, there were some glorious moments and there were plenty of disappointing moments. Same goes for Hector Bellerin. I mean, let's face it, he, he, he has been in, in terms of his um, his form, it's, it's, it's plummeted in recent times. I mean, I wouldn't even just say from the last, wherever the last injury was, I think I would say the last couple of seasons he's been, dis- been disappointed. Clearly he wanted to leave for ages. So, but just as a human being, I think he's, I think he will be remembered in years to come as a really good, solid right back, you know, not, not, not the best ever, but you know, a, a, a pretty good part of our team. And even more important than that, someone who was kind of starting to change the face of what we, how we, how we think of footballers, because he was bold enough, you know, to have his interests in fashion and his interest in culture, and um, you know, his work for the Arsenal charities, his embrace of the LGBT community. So I think that, mm. you know, rightly, he'll be remembered for that. Trevor, what, what do you think? Is am I um, being slightly overly sentimental about Hector Bellerin as he leaves? Yes, I mean it's all. <laughs> It's all very laudable, you know, fashion and culture and all that. I'd much rather he was interested in defending. It doesn't seem as though many of our players are interested in defending. That's the problem. Um, your your original question about are we at rock bottom? Well, the league table says we are. Um, so I guess we are. It is unbelievably depressing. I mean, I've my first game as an Arsenal fan at Highbury, my father took me to a midweek match against Burnley in 1971 when we won the double, obviously. So we're talking 50 years ago. I don't think even through some of the dark days in the sort of mid-late 70s, I've ever been quite as depressed, forlorn about Arsenal Football Club as, as I am now. Trevor, you're a man who is also um, knowledgeable about the betting world. So yeah. I had a look at what odds Arsenal are to finish in the top half of the, of the <laughs> Premier League table. Yeah, and and we are about one point six, which is you know three to five in the yeah. infractions. Yeah. Would you be a backer of that right now, even in, in your most sort of lowest moments? What does that mean? Like, Sorry, to interrupt. does that mean we're more like the bet? The the, the, the they, they think we're more. Yes, like to yes, be we are top still top expected right, right. to be okay. the top so, ten. So, yeah. so on a hundred pounds, you would win yeah, the basically. Basically, yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I'd be, I'd be, I'll lay it, I'll lay you have a much you want, Josh. <laughs> really? What? Yeah, then we won't finish like. in the top half. The, no, you, no, you I'm, th- as a layer, oh. I'm saying that they won't. And as a layer, that means that I get the odds the other way around. So if Josh has if Josh has uh, uh, three quid um, on on Arsenal, he's, he's got to give me five if they don't get into the top half of the table. Oh, okay. I do think Arsenal will be in the top ten. So we'll, we'll discuss that uh, in, <laughs> in due course. But I, I, don't, I don't know. Look, I went up. Um, I know we were talking about transfer deadline, but I, I did go up. I mean, on, since uh, we're into it, let's get into it. We'll deal with Takahiro Tomiyasu. His time will come. Carry on. No, we will get back to him because he he uh, he deserves our attention as our incoming right-back or centre-back, or we're not quite sure which. Hybrid. Maybe a bit of both. Hybrid. Hybrid. Hi- hybrid. Um, Saturday, I mean, we've seen it before, right? Is this a new low just because of the way the fixtures have spat out? It didn't feel like a hugely new low to me, sitting there, I mean, I just felt like I've been at this game before, and, and I would put that back even to the great man Wenger. We've, we've well, mostly under Wenger. Mostly, uh, you're right. You're right. Just you're right. Sorry for interrupting. Apologies to listeners because I do interrupt too often. But yeah, actually, this was this was this was one of the one of the depressing elements of it was the one thing that I felt Arteta had sorted out in, in you know since he arrived was that our performances against the big teams like City and Chelsea and Liverpool had improved. And that was the big thing. That was the n- constant nightmare under Wenger. One of the main reasons I wanted him to go uh, before, you know, a couple of years before he actually left was those depressing, massive losses, defeats to these big clubs that happened time and time again. We got incredibly boring and tedious. We could beat, we were flat track bullies, basically. And now it feels like the one thing that Arteta managed to achieve, Trevor, has, has we've gone completely backwards. And that performance absolutely reeked of the mental weakness, didn't it? And um, ineptitude and lack of um, just, just in every department from the manager, the coaching, the, the setup, the, the team selection, the actual players and the actual performance. It was a complete 
reversion back to those days when we always lost to those teams, 5-0, 5-1, whatever, 6-2, 8-2. I mean, it was an anniversary yeah. of 8-2, wasn't it? It was reminiscent of that. It was. I don't think it was even the scoreline, which was obviously quite embarrassing, but it was more the just the way that we played or didn't play, whichever way you like to think of it. I mean... The defending, I mean, Chambers, the first goal, and it was it was also eminently predictable, wasn't it? The first goal, okay, it's half-decent cross. He's he's not close enough to his man. I mean, Gundogan must have thought it was his birthday. I, I just, I don't understand what they do on the training ground. And one of my, one of my big bugbears, um, and I said this when Wenger was the boss, it's only in the second half of Wenger's reign, you've got, one of the greatest defenders in Premier League history, and Tony Adams, doing absolutely nothing as far as I'm aware. Not saying make him manager, but what I'm saying is make some use of his defensive knowledge. Bring him up to the training ground and let, let him actually have a have a have have some time with these players because Wenger couldn't do it. Um, and certainly Mikel Arteta doesn't seem capable of doing it. it. It's even before we start about, you know, we didn't have a single shot on target in the match and we had, 19% possession or whatever. That's bad enough in itself. But every time Manchester City went forward, they looked like they going to score. It could have been worse than five, really. You, I, so, I, yeah. You were there, Josh, as you as you started to say before I very rudely interrupted you. So um but there, there were there are we we should say just you know to be fair, and I, I'm I basically agree with everything Trevor says, but to be bru- absolutely scrupulously fair, the sending off their second goal, punch in the face to Chambers, should have been disallowed. I mean, absolutely should have been disallowed. Now, I'm not saying these excuse the what, subsequent events, but and going down to 10 men to City, I, I watched the game with my mate, by my best mate, who's a Liverpool fan, and he said, uh, same thing happened to Liverpool. You know, Man City went, Liverpool went down to 10 against Man City, and they, and they completely, they're the worst, they are the best team at playing 11 versus 10, the hardest team to get anything else. But still, when you when you were there, I mean, did it feel like a bit of a rock bottom moment, or did, or did, you, or do you feel those extenuating circumstances? You're shaking your head. Means that it was not that bad, really, and that actually, as you say, it's these fixtures that have come out. Really, the disaster was losing that first game to Brentford, correct? Because none of us expected to get anything out of the sub- next two games. But I, I mean, I I think there's a massive argument to go. Most of us, or a big percentage of the Arsenal fans, even here, sitting here three weeks ago, hand on heart, might have thought would be on one point. But you draw, draw Brentford and, and Chelsea with the signings they've made and how far ahead they are in the European champions. You don't want to lose at home, but there's a reality that a much a much more impressive team than what we were able to put out came came to the Emirates and beat us. And probably Trevor, what sixteen of the nineteen teams to go to Man City, you know, will will lose a couple will get a draw. There might be one defeat for City at the Etihad. So uh, it wasn't pleasant watching it. Um, although I did have a lovely, lovely seat on the halfway line from the from the court. Yeah, I saw and that was the only yeah. real, yeah. real highlight. I was I was so close to Edu. I've got to tell you, I was looking around as every goal went in, thinking there's going to be some kind of reaction, and there wasn't really. Did I think Edu they must have did some you... kind of WhatsApp group going on because they're all immediately on their phones <laughs> as of soon course. as there's a goal going in. Edu, Edu's on the phone to Kijerabchun. Kijerabchun offering some shitty, Probably. terrible, rubbish well, maybe maybe fire. there's like negotiations on how much Willian was going to take of his 20 million. Yeah. Maybe that progressed yeah. during the game. Yeah. No, Did you I, look in Edu's face, by the way? Just a side point. Did you see Ed, the expression of Edu's face? Did it look of like guilt and Good humiliation? Good-looking man. Good yeah. man up close. Yeah. I was very close to him, I have to say. Yeah. Um, I, I think there was sadness. If I had to use one word, I'd say it was mm. sadness. There was... Um, you know, when you're in that environment and you, you know, I could say you've got to shake hands with all the people from Man City, your counterparts. And, you know, it was, you know, almost not, not a shame, but just like, I, I guess it comes to something close to embarrassment, doesn't it? Sadness, embarrassment of what we're just seeing. I mean, what was interesting, you tell me, boy, you were watching on TV. I had a couple of my friends almost inferring that there was some kind of incredibly poignant moment with the players going over at the end of the pitch 
um, towards the fans and like lingering for longer and the applause and Cedric went and gave his shirt. Now me, I was watching that. It didn't look particularly special, but I'm wondering if the way it came on. Well, I think it came across. Yeah, I think it came. I tell you why I, I, I noticed that. I think it was because I think the response from the crowd was brilliant. I thought everyone felt, and Arteta mentioned after the match, which he doesn't always do, but I thought considering it was such a shocking performance, I think there was a real, there was a great response from the away fans and they were so supportive because, you know, you'd expect them to boo and you're like the home fans do. I mean, they boot, you know, there was some booing in the last game, you know, in, in the home game against Chelsea. But those away fans were so supportive of this and I think they felt sorry for, I mean, I think it was a lot of like, pity. And so I think consequently, I felt the players felt they had to respond to that and that, and that, and that moment, that moment of symbiosis was quite nice. But Trevor... But, um, but just on that, on. May, yeah. maybe the fact that Xhaka got sent off is yeah. almost like, well, we'll applaud the rest of you because he yeah. screwed you. He screwed you right. for the last hour right. and right. made you all look like, you know, idiots and, you know, that we couldn't get the ball. I mean, it was something like, what was it, 9% possession in the second half. I mean, it was yeah. Yeah, Incredible. extraordinary. Incredible. So I almost feel that had we had 11 men at the end and been beaten 4 or 5 yes. years, it might not yes. quite have been like that. I've got to say... It was very strange being at, being at an Arsenal game and not being with the Arsenal fans, and I, I don't think I'll do it again for, for a thank long God, time. Thank God, Josh. Thank God you didn't have to celebrate a goal. I mean, you know, there, there's all, that was there was all, a few. Was I was like looking around for who else there. just looks disgusted no about what, what's going on. There were no a few of us. Um, um, before, actually, before I come to you, Trevor, with a full, with, with a full um, chat about the game and everything, the tactics, and, the, and the, let, let's take a quick break, and we'll be back after this. And we're back from the break. Yeah, Trevor, uh, uh, you know, Josh, there are extenuating circumstances, which I mentioned. There is City. But for me, just to explain my, uh, well, the reason why I felt really, really miserable and depressed and a bit rock bottomy about it, actually, is because of the nature of the whole, of the whole thing. And uh, for me, bearing in mind we have got, you know, Pepe was out, you know, the day. I mean, we're the only team that has these mystery illnesses, by the way. That's one thing. So Pepe was, and But his team selection, Odegaard in midfield with Xhaka, I mean, what the fuck against Man City? What the actual fuck? The, the, those defenders, Kolasinac, as a central defender, fuck, again, what the absolute, Christ, was he thinking? And that alone for me, that, that thing, Kolasinac came back, played in the, in the League Cup in the week, right? And I was like, what, how is he still in, this, in our squad? And it's almost like, ask the fans, like, you get over the initial shock of these things and you just kind of absorb it and kind of rationalise it. And when the team was announced for this game and Kolasinac is playing, I'm like, what is going on with this club? He was, let's not forget, he was so disregarded as, as as not a player worthy of us we let him go on loan last season we didn't even have cover for fucking Tierney for the seat remember and you know thankfully in the end we got we got cover for him this time around that's how ext- extraneous he was considered and he's back in the central defense not his position oh so that alone coupled with the fact that other teams go down even to man city and they have some contact with the ball they have some semblance of, of a chance and they have some semblance of a kind of way of dealing with the situation and maybe trying to keep it at 2-0 when you go down to 2-0 keep it 3-0 etc but all of that it's kind of summed up what there's something deeply wrong about Arteta I think and his decision making and something deeply wrong about those players, many of whom, by the way, and very interestingly, are still fucking there, the holdings and the chambers and the Kolasinacis from the uh, from the Wenger era. That's my rant. Over to you, Trevor. Well, a couple of things. First of all, on the fans. Now, I saw a headline today. Uh, it was a headline sort of like Lokonga plea to Arsenal fans or something. And he's saying, yeah, I know results haven't gone the way we want it. Be patient. I'm thinking, mate. With all due respect, fuck off. I've supported this club for 50 years. You've, you've been here five minutes. Don't tell me how I feel about Arsenal Football Club. That's the first thing. About the two things you mentioned, Boyd, the foul potentially for the second goal, yes, probably. The sending off, did it obviously made our task harder. But neither of those things would have stopped us losing that match. The scoreline might have been slightly different. We'd have still lost. Yeah. yeah. And as far as the, the, the Granite Jacker thing, it, it's not a case for me of saying, oh, well, you know, we were down to 10 men and, and it was, you know, very, very difficult. 
we shouldn't be down to 10 men in the first place. Granit Xhaka has form for this. He's done it before. So A, it's his fault. And it's the manager's fault. What does he? What do they do on the training ground? Does he make those kind of tackles at London Colney? And and does Arteta, if he does, say, actually, Granite, you know what, mate? I think probably not a good idea, especially when you're playing the best team in the country and you're going to leave us down to ten men. So it's Arteta's fault, uh, and it's Xhaka's fault, obviously, as well. I I, I hold them both. I, I think they're and, both culpable. And Arteta patted him on the back. As he walked off, I mean, for me, I, in, I'm fucking hell. I'm now. I'm sorry. Yeah. That is. You, just, you stand is there just... and you ignore him. Just ignore him. Let him walk down the tunnel or whatever. I think. Yeah, it, I thought it was a totally spineless performance, defensively utterly. In, I mean, you used the word ineptitude, boy. That's dead right. I mean, like, you'd struggle to find a more inept defensive display than that in, in probably in the history of Arsenal Football Club. To be honest, there's been a few bad ones, but as you say, like Chambers, Kalasinac. I mean, both of them. Utterly useless at, at, at the Etihad. Um, and bear in mind as well, apart from P- Thomas Partey and, and Pepe, that's that's pretty much our full strength team. I mean, you can argue about, you know, who should win in for who. Gabriel, it's Gabriel. Like we've got Gabriel. 10 players missing. Yeah. Well, we've got Gabriel. We've got a spine missing. To, again, there are two well, players. He was on Gabriel. the bench, wasn't he? He was on the bench. No. No, no, he wasn't on the bench. Oh, not Gabriel. Sorry, must have anything. Okay, okay, Gabriel. Yeah, okay. yeah, he's not on the bench, okay. yeah. Yeah. He, he could have picked Josh, he could have picked, as he did, Lukonga. You know, he didn't yeah. have to pick... Oh, put the, the Putting Odegaard in the midfield was fucking crackers. Then, you know, th- those those things we've talked about, those Wenger-era defenders, he could have played Tavares. He could have put Tierney as the left, left-sided left centre-back yeah. as he plays for top Scotland. Everyone was like, "Why the f- what the fuck are you thinking? And it's like, I mean, Cedric... We've net the mediocrity of those defenders and the mediocrity of, of, of it. But that's sh- what that's we've what, got. That's what yeah, he but has. Nah, no, this is the this is my argument though. We have got them in the squad and we haven't got rid of fine. He does not have to pick them. He does Agreed. not he didn't have to get Jacker back. With the plan was to sell Jacker to Roma. For me, he should be sitting there thinking. For me, the Arteta and Edu or whoever the fuck the fuck are out, the the, the the you know, the I'm swearing a lot, sorry. Whoever the people are who run the club together with him should be sitting there going, Well, we meant to get rid of Jacker. We're not giving him a captaincy, you know. We just have to deal with the fact we haven't got rid of him yet. We definitely meant to get rid of Klasenac. We don't pick him in the team against Man City. Insanity. And they should be sitting there going, who are the players that we sh- that we wanted to concentrate on and pick those? And the fact that he left Lukonga and Tavares on the bench, you know, it's I- I insanity. Look, I would have played Lukonga, but you could probably make the same argument for why maybe like an El Nenny didn't 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 play, just in terms of going with Odegaard, yep. going with, with Oh, I mean, anything but that, yeah. Yeah, I think there's an argument. I can't help but think there's been a whole, and, and I don't think this is a popular view, but some element of an overreaction based on the fact you're right. Both centre-backs who we expect to play, Gabriel and Ben White, were not there. That Thomas Party wasn't there. Um, for whatever reason, I would argue Tierney hasn't quite looked himself yet this season. Saka, we think, will take a bit of time. Um, we hoped Aubameyang's hat-trick would spark him into life. But to be honest, we, we've got no idea how he was because he didn't barely touch the ball and it's not a fair example. I just think this is rock bottom. It has to be rock bottom for, for obvious reasons. And I... I just believe 10 days now for an international break and we will we will come back with a bit of hopefully calm, hopefully a new signing who we'll get back to in place and we will beat Norwich. Like, we, we will just beat Norwich in, you know, in, in 10 days' time and just get some points on the board and we can go to Burnley. I just think slowly our, our season will stabilise and I'm I'm interested that, Trevor didn't think we were even like top 10 worthy now based on losing to the European champions, based on losing to the the champions. And I know the manner of it has been crap, but it just, I just think there's still enough there in that squad where there is improvement. And it's the same point I made last week. Look at our signings. Our signings we've made are waving the white flag to the next two years. We are going, no problem. We're not even challenging. If we get sixth, seventh, it's, it's sort of hugely successful. So if that's where we are, then that's, then that's where we are. And that's everything that these signings in this window is telling us. It is not 
going to be this season. It's not going to be next season where they think we can challenge. Is is Ramsdale our number one in two years' time? Is Tavares a brilliant option in two years' time? Is Lukonga? Um, That's where we're at. Yeah, yeah, but Trevor, my 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 problem is that 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 um, the decisions that Arteta is making aren't even make are, are harming us, even including all of that, including the fact that these players are young and untried and they're promising. And yeah, of course we have to be patient with them. But what I'm saying is his tactics, his decision making, his general. I think he's deluded himself into thinking. For me, the problem with our manager is he thinks he's Pep Guardiola. And he's not even, you know, he's not even like, you know, he's nothing. He's not even Patrick Vieira, who's managing Coutinho Paz, because Patrick Vieira has more managerial experience than Arteta does. Arteta's learning on the job, or not learning on the job, going backwards on the job in many ways, making terrible decisions. So we've got, yeah, we have to be patient with our young squad, and at least there is, and I fully support buying these young players in their early 20s. But then when he sets out the tactics and plays the team and doesn't make the substitution when we go down to 10 men, for example, that, that, and of course, they score another goal. Those moments, these, you know, the, these fine margins, he is making it much, much worse, far worse than it needs to be. Yeah, I mean, the problem with the young players, and I'm a huge fan of Smith Rowe and Saka, and Odegaard may turn out into something, so so might um, Lukonga. But the problem is they shouldn't, at the moment, you know, our, our most creative players are Smith Rowe and Saka. They're both kids, really. You that, you know, they should be being helped by more senior players and we don't, of, of stature, and we don't have any of those. And going back to your point about Arteta and his tactical misjudgments, I think another problem with him is his judgment of players. Now, to me, and you can, you can slag this off all you like, I don't understand why we didn't make a bid for, say, Vestergaard. Uh, he went for 14 million. He's six foot four. He's not the greatest defender. He's not Bobby Moore, but I think that kind of a player would have helped us. I'll give you two more. Now, you look at a club like Burnley. Burnley somehow keeps surviving in the Premier League. Somehow. They don't hardly score any goals, but they've got Ben Mee and Matt Loughton. Now, to me, you could have gone and got one of those, or even both of them, for God's sake, for not that much money. They are tried and trusted Premier League defenders. I don't think Arteta's judgment of players... Look, Congo may, may turn out to be a great player. I don't know. It's too early to judge. But I think you need some stability. You, certainly defensively at the moment, we don't have any. And as far as your Norwich and Burnley, I, I, mean, I hope you're right. Of course, I hope you're right, Josh, that we beat Norwich and Burnley. If we were to imagine, if we were to lose to both of those clubs then I don't think Arteta could be at the football club anymore, could he? No. He, well, we have, have to, to yeah. Go. Oh, we have to beat Norwich and Burnley. Yeah. That, is, that is, I mean, really, I think, mm. even, even if we beat Norwich and Burnley, <laughs> Josh is shaking his hand. No, I, I, I think hand. we can get away with four, but I think if we beat Norwich and draw at Burnley, Arteta's still in the job for the yes. North London derby. Well, the, yes. what, if we lose to Spurs? Two, two defeats, I think it's... But, you know, if you if you yeah. can find a way to lose at home to Norwich and away at Burnley, I think he's probably uh, yeah. gone by ahead the way, of the derby. Yeah. By the I way, this, Norwich Arsenal, Arsenal Norwich is like is like the yeah. UK versus Slovakia in the Eurovision Song Contest. It's nil par v nil par, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. this yeah. is this is the big game with the big relegation game of the day. Yeah, they've scored a goal though, haven't they? Unlike us, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I agree with you, Trevor. I know what you're saying about the central defence. I've, I've been saying this for years. I, I, I think Arsenal generally, and I don't think it's necessarily Arteta's sort in the not in the not going out there and finding perfectly decent, as you say, powerful, tall, strong central defenders from teams that we consider inferior to us. You know, yeah. ag- you know, agriculture. It's fine. You know, it's always room for that kind of defender in central, in central defence. So I think. I mean, I'm you know, when Gabriel comes back, maybe you'll form a partnership. You know, and it'll be fine. Fine, um, with Ben White, who knows? But for me, even more egregious than your point about not buying those kinds of players is the fact that William Saliba, and yes, I'm going back to William Saliba, has been ostracised and his stats and his performances in the team of the week, French team of the week in, in, in the last league game, his, his figures are incredible. Compare them to like Cedric Suarez and those, those stats of Cedric Suarez going, one of the worst games it must be of any individual defender in the history of football. I, mean, I haven't checked, but, you know, and I know people go, oh, Basically, as far as Saliba's concerned, he had one terrible game, his very first game behind closed doors two seasons ago, and he's been completely cast aside by Arteta. And if you're, are you, is anyone to, and I know there are people out there go, oh, you don't know what he's really like, and the French league isn't as good. I, if anyone tells me Saliba is worse 
a worse bet in central defence than fucking Kolasinac and Chambers. And I, Chambers is a lovely guy, but come on. He is mediocrity personified. And yeah. I even throw in holding into that, frankly. Because, yeah. you know, I'm sorry, but he, when he was playing, you know, with David Luiz, he looked okay. How much do we miss David Luiz, by the way? But yeah, yeah Saliba, mystifying mystifyingly sent out again what the fuck is going on there so for, there's like so many issues surrounding Arteta's decision making but Boyd man management what's happening with Ainsley Maitland-Niles all of this he's staying it's harming the club Josh go on Josh what are you going to say look it could be four to six weeks from now we're looking back and going it's great to watch Gabriel and Ben White haven't they developed in the last few weeks actually do we have a centre-half partnership um if we are here in two, three months, and it's like Gabrielle's been really patching, he's in and out, and sometimes yeah, but- it's holding, and sometimes it's chambers, and and White is just having a you know nightmare. Then we're in for a hell of a long season, I think, until we get to the point where the two that are expected mm. to play have an opportunity. And this isn't a year with Europa League and Carabao and, and all this nonsense. Mm. Um, no, well, I mean, the Carabao, Carabao Cup, yes, but Carabao. Carabao Europa be League being 14, 15 games now. like it's been yeah. in the last couple. <laughs> yeah, so, but my point is, Josh, bearing that in mind, what is it about Arteta, the way he's doing things at the moment, what is it about him that makes you think that he can get this team playing well. So we, barely, we have a problem scoring goals last season. Now we've got a problem defending. What is it about his decision-making and the way he is to the core, the core of him that makes you think he's going to steer us into sixth or seventh? I I think he, I think with him there, we're back at eighth, ninth. I mean, I, I think we will finish in the top half. Just, I think we've got good enough players. I think he is a hindrance. I really do. Look, I'm not right now. I'm not the biggest advocate here. Um, of Arteta, I, I just feel the fact that we've, you know, played against two outstanding teams and had a, a horrible opening day doesn't necessarily mean the entire season is is set for for doom I don't and gloom. Either I don't either, Trevor. My point. I, I don't either, Trevor. I think you know, but but the, the, he's the manager, isn't he? That's the thing. Remember, he was you know he was promoted. Well, he was also coach. the manager that did do outstandingly in that you know semi final period and in twenty. You know, in the calendar year, were we third in the league table somehow prior to obviously this season starting? You don't, so, you don't, you don't get you don't get Champions League spot for that, though. Look, do you? You, you, I'm not awarding him anything. I don't yeah. love the bloke. I'd bring back Wenger tomorrow for the rest of the season if <laughs> oh, anyone God, was don't. offering him the opportunity. Don't, don't even, don't even mention it. Look, do you think, I, Trevor? Do you think I'm being unfair to Arteta? Do you think because oh. uh, you're from I, from what you were saying? You were saying, you know, out the, 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 about you know the quality is the quality of the players there. And you're not, you know, we're not sure if the Congo is, you know, we don't know yet about this, which is all true, of course. But for me, the Arteta was, I, I was on board with it when we, when we actually got it because I thought, obviously, it's a gamble, it's a risk. But, you know, give it a go. You know, I thought Emery, you know, Emery in the end was just infuriatingly, particularly in terms of his communication skills, it was infuriating. And he, and he kind of, you know, it was like, in the end, the, the, the team was a bit of a shambles, I think. But now yeah, I think we both every week I think we learn more about Arteta's flaws, and that's why. And I'm not being hysterical about it. So I, I mean, I sound slightly hysterical. That's just because you know, just generally, I feel like it's time for a rant about it. But in my calm moments, I feel like any other club probably would have got rid rid of him by now. I mean, Spurs definitely. Yeah. The Chelsea's, we, and I think in the end that. Find find a good manager, an experience, some kind of good experience manager replace him. And what's the problem? I think he's, I just feel like I don't. You know, do you agree with me that actually it's probably loads of managers could do a better job than him? I do, and I don't buy um, Josh's argument about Manchester City and Chelsea being two of the best teams. Yes, they're both very good sides. Of course, they are. It's not losing to them. It's not even the scoreline. It's the manner of it, and particularly. And I thought this was true in the Chelsea game as well. A total lack of fight. Uh, there was one little period in the Chelsea game fairly early in the second half. But other than that, I don't feel we had any fight. And that's, anyone can do that. That's about effort and commitment. You can be you can be a park player and do that. And I don't think that Arsenal players do that often enough. And when they come off the pitch, when they've lost 2 nil at home to Chelsea, 5 nil at Man City how much they really care about it. I, I, I'm not convinced they do. In the glory days, you know, if we, it's not even if we lost, if we only drew a game that we should have won or were expected to win, you know, 
Tony Adams, etc., came off sort of spitting blood off the pitch. I don't see that. And that comes from the manager. Did you see that from other clubs? That mentality. Do you see that from other clubs now in this 2021? Yeah. And, I don't care know. about any other clubs. I only care about my club. Yeah, but I just... I just but I, but you do... Uh, here's, here's my theory. Here's, uh, uh, right. The difference between... Kolasinac holding Chambers and Tony Adams isn't just isn't just ability yeah. and mental yeah. strength and all of that. It's they know they're not that great. Particularly, this is the problem with what Teta's doing with these decisions, and I can't emphasize it enough. Think about it for a minute. You're Kolasinac, right? You've been dispensed with. You know the club wants to get rid of you, and suddenly you're co- recalled to the squad. Not only that, you're recalled to play our position against the champions. What are you thinking mentally? These players are only human. They're not going to. They're not going to be like Teddy Adams going. Oh, I know. I'm a brilliant defender. I know I can deal with all of with with a brilliant team at the top of the table. They're like, I know I'm a bit shit because the club's been telling me I'm a bit shit, including this manager who suddenly decided I'm the answer in terms of defence against Man City. And there's there's examples of that throughout his decision making he keeps picking players who know deep down they're not good enough and that's and that's psychology i think he doesn't and that's part of his terrible man management i don't think he understands how human beings work i think it's that problematic and i don't think he's ever going to get over that it's always going to be an issue he's always going to come up with a crackpot um uh, tactic he's always going to alienate players um for no for seemingly no reason what's he's always going to be inconsistent patting Xhaka on the back, you know, call, bait, calling out Pepe when he got sent off. These inconsistencies are a real problem. And, and that's why I, I, I keep ranting about him as being not good enough. I don't think do he's you, smart enough. And I really thought he was smart enough. Do you remember very early in Tony Adams' career when he's playing for England and he got, basically, Marco Van Basten took the piss out of him. I, I think Van Basten got a hat-trick. I can't remember, but something like that. And Adams made it look a right donkey. And basically, he clearly had the mental strength to make himself a better defender. He wasn't going to get any quicker. He was never that quick, was he? He made himself into a better defender. He learned from his mistakes. I don't see that with Arsenal because we make the And it's not just the first three games this season either. The same players, Xhaka diving in, Chambers miles out of position, not looking where the, where the forward is, so a cross sails over his head. The same mistakes, game in, game out. That's my. Anyone can make a mistake in a game. It's not about that. We're making the same mistakes, but the same players. And the only players really that you could exempt at the moment, probably, you know, Saka obviously had a really difficult summer with a penalty miss and everything, and you know, hardly saw the ball against um, against City. Um, Odegaard hasn't been had a chance yet. Smith Rose, young, and again was out the game. Aubameyang, we know, didn't get a touch. But defence, it's the defence and the, and the, and the certainly the, the holding midfield. It's, it's just not good enough, I don't think, attitude-wise, as well as ability. The, the problem from where the vantage point I had was 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 actually the midfield in front of the defence and... Uh, and it and it oh, was yeah. hopeless for both, you yeah. know, huge yeah. chunks of the game. And, it, and I think Tierney, if I was Kieran Tierney at the moment, I'd probably be thinking, oh. I'm being made to look a tit. Because oh, that of has course. happened on a two games in a row. He he is looking like he's maybe the one two out of position. But if the people in front of you do not do their jobs, then then you end up being horribly exposed. And I think that probably was the case, certainly in that Chelsea game where he, he looked at fault because you know Reese James is the one that ended up on his side of the pitch being involved in their two goals. But it came from the, the midfielders sort of not, not doing their job in front of him to to leave the space where he was he was drawn in. So I don't think we can just solely blame the defence. I don't know. No, I, we can, we can solely blame. Just, you're right. You're absolutely right. We can solely blame the manager yeah. for not in the Chelsea game for playing four at the back. And everyone's like, remember the FA Cup semi-final and the final when we managed to beat Man City, then Chelsea, by playing five at the back with Ainsley Maitland-Niles, by the way, in both teams, both team selections. It's like, just someone sit him down and remind him of these things. And then he then he picks five at the back with that insane lineup of idiots with over Odegaard in the middle with Xhaka. I mean, fucking hell. It's it's these are his decisions. You're right, absolutely of course you're right about the midfield. They're his decisions. And I think again, the players psychologically must see him making these bizarre, kind of complacent, smug, clever, clever decisions, trying to outwit Pep. Come on, for fuck's sake, with that, with that team, that gazillion pound team. And then people like Chambers, I think people are, people are going, how can he make such elementary errors? And I'm like, well, because you know, he knows. He just knows. It's, it, it, and set, or, the, the players know. That's why I really, I worry if we don't get rid of Arteta, the players like Aubameyang and Smith, the good players, and particularly the young ones, are going to lose 
kind of faith if they haven't already in yeah. the coaching and in the manager and that's a yeah. big problem that's why i think it's really actually really important to act quick on this for me can i ask you josh i'm curious because I, I know you're you say you're not the the arch alteta defender but say we would say we were to say we, we lost the norwich and burnley or drew i don't know lost to burnley whatever um that's obviously a disaster he'll probably go even if we win those two games i think that you know potentially that could only paper over the cracks a little bit if even if we win those two games how confident are you that under Arteta the club will actually progress no I, I don't think we're, we're getting back to glory days under <laughs> Mikel Arteta but I do think he deserves three months probably of, of this season possibly into December to go okay I can't use COVID as an excuse all the summer or not even the players and that he gets an opportunity to use I mean, we're talking, what, six players potentially coming into the club if, you know, um, if everything goes through. And we were, we're recording this at sort of seven o'clock and, and expecting the, the transfer to go through. But six players, he's got to have an opportunity to use them and to not be able to, to lean on sort of other excuses. And I think he deserves that. And if in you you know, saying- November, December, we are sitting there, you know, 14th, 15th, you know, something like well, that. When then, it's too late. Lingo. When it's too late. Yeah, well, we what's to, too can't... late, boy? What are you hoping for this season? You don't think anything's happening anyway. So what's it matter? This season no, 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 is, no, no, is no, unfortunately... That's, that's, I, I, no, 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 no. This, this squad of players is perfectly capable of coming 7th, 7th, 6th or 7th. 6th, and a, 6th I'll be delighted. I agree. With, I with agree. Bright. So if you're, but if you're waiting around, if you're letting him lose, you know, two of those three games that we mentioned, and you're letting him run all the way up to Christmas, if we're lounging in like... That, if, when we're in about tenth, eleventh, no, 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 no. That's He'll not good get enough. To Christmas That's not good enough. If we if we improve, but I probably now, given we've lost three, we're not going to be much higher than tenth within, you know, eight, ten games. That's I mean, just, to, that's not going to be turned around. Right. What I do think, boys, and I yep. know you're, I know you're upset. Is <laughs> we, it, it's as bad as it's going to be. We're, I'm not upset. I'm I'm resigned to the fact that he's not good enough to manage our team. And so that's why I think if we let it go on, the further we let it go on in the hope that we kind of, we're all right, but we're kind of, what, 8th, 10th, 9th, 10th by Boy, Christmas, it's kind of all right. Class what manager, I'm telling you is, yeah, oh, right, what, well, right, okay. Now, I know that, right, this, no, no, is, I'm this, saying, this if, is the if big issue. No, no, I agree with ready, you. I agree I'm with up you. for it. I agree with I'm you. up for it. I'm not as oh, big okay. as Vinda. I just think everyone has got massively overboard in the last you know, three, four days after I, I, City. I, I know just they have. We've been here before. People do. That's the nature of right. to come okay. six. So we just can do to it say, again. But just to say, Trevor, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, hyster- I'm not like, you know, I, 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 I'm perfectly calm. What I think is, I just think changing manager is, is like, but for Arsenal, it's like the most calamitous, biggest, yeah. it's like they can't, you know, but I thought, just do it. What have we, just do it. What do you think he's going to achieve? What, you know, the fact that at the maximum we think he can achieve is seventh, eighth, something like that, maybe a league cup or something. Well, so the only issue, the only issue is the one that Josh just mentioned is who is out there who can take his place. And I would say this, right? As far as I'm concerned, what the board should be doing, the board, such as it is, the owners and their advisors should be doing right now in this international break we're in right now is go out there and find there must be and more an experienced, pretty decent manager like Lille won the French, and I know he's just Lille's guy. The manager of Lille's unfortunately just gone to Nice. He left Lille, like that kind of thing. Look at some a manager who's had experience, who's achieved something quite gr- good in, in, in football, and just try them instead. Well, they, they but I do be. feel they have to, maybe, hopefully they are, but I do feel they should be planning a succession now. They should be going out there and finding an experienced, smart, with a pl- pl- manager with a plan who's going to obviously be better than Arteta because it just hasn't worked out. That's my feeling. But I definitely don't want them to sack him in some panic at Christmas and then us not have anyone to take his place. I've heard from a few people that Antonio Conte's like top of the list. So yeah, but would he? I mean, of course, he's the dream. But equal number of people have said he's going to want you know 150. We've just spent 150 million. He's going to want more money. And why the hell would he come to bottom of the league? Arsenal. He turned down Spurs. You know, who are at the moment, unfortunate to admit, in a better state than we are. I mean, is it realistic? Why would he? Why would he come to us? Apart from the fact that we're a big club, it's yeah. a well, it's a big club, and it's a, it's a challenge, isn't it? I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know, and I, I I get your point about you know the board, such as it is, trying to do a little bit of scouting around. I mean, I'm curious actually who who has 
identified our deadline day transfer targets is it is it edu is it is it is it arteta is it yeah. somebody else I, I i've no idea i think that's part of the problem there doesn't seem to be any coordination at the club whatsoever so as, as it's an interesting point it's an interesting point because i mean he is manager now as far as i'm aware i mean because he he I, he did give this quote he did say he was talking about the transfer you know the, the new the new approach which again, you know, of getting these younger, less experienced, 21, 22, 23 year olds. And he was saying, as far as I was aware, um, in one of his things that, you know, oh yeah, you know, he agrees with that approach, but almost like it wasn't coming from him. And then it's coming from Edu or whoever, or the hierarchy, but he is manager. You know, he's not just coach. He must be, they must all sit around as far as I can, they must sit there and go, these are the players we want to get together. This is the, this is our tactic buying these young players. And I support yeah. that, but I still, so I, I think he must be involved in that process. Surely Josh. Yeah, I, for, for sure. He, for sure he is. And there's, there's obviously a directive from the club of the profile um, of the kind of player that, that they want to buy. I mean, it's obviously debatable exactly what our first choice 11 is going to look like for the remainder of the season, but it's young. It is a young side. I mean, a Bamiyang is that's great. definitely that's the only one on that side. So yeah, I think that's why we have to sort of give, 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 at least Arteta in the short term an opportunity to see how these, how these players um, are going to get on. What's been disappointing. I think I know we're here on transfer deadline day, is our inability, apart from with Willock, to seemingly get fees for you know our players? But it is interesting, isn't it? Because when you're alone, when you're shipped out on loan by a top, okay, when are we a top six club? Whatever, by a top six eight club at the moment, you kind of feel that's the beginning of the end, unless you're like a young player. Once you're in your mid twenties and you're shipped out on loan, there's not much coming back. Apart from now at Arsenal, where like El Nenny's resurgence has has sort of come completely yeah. unexpected. That yeah, we're the only yeah, and Glasnevin. Yeah, and yet Eddie and Ketia, we were apparently sticking on a couple of million. When I don't think there's a huge expectation oh. that he's going to be started on that. We've, They've obviously decided like Reese Nelson couldn't get a fee again, like just gone on loan to Feyenoord. And even it looks like Bellerin, we're expecting to leave, you know, to Betis, can't can't get a fee. Um, and that seems concerning on like an organisational level business sense. That doesn't doesn't bode well almost. Well, you're right. Of course, that's all absolutely true. And that, that that's that's the that issue goes back years and years and years, doesn't it? I mean, our failure to to actually get any worth out of players and that and, and letting players go for you know for free after run out of the contract. This has been going on for years and years and years. But I'm more worried about the fact that, as you say, the Kalasinachis and the and the you know and even Xhaka, you know, the project when we Trevor when we at the start of this season, I think we're all led to believe that these young players, the focus is going to be on these young players that we were buying that Jaka would be gone we'd never have, have to worry about him getting sent off and being a crazy fucking idiot ever again and I don't care and I know he made the team of the Euros whatever but he's still consistently inconsistent and not in Arsenal shirt he didn't right we thought all that was over we thought there was a bright new world and I think that I, th- I would back right I would back Arteta right now if Jaka was not still with us if Kolasinac was not back as, and if Elneny was not still lingering Chambers Right, all these mediocre, but it's like it's like a nightmarish Groundhog Day horror film where we can't get rid of fucking Jacker still, and he's still getting sent off and costing his man. I mean, not, just, uh, but do you know what I mean? And we're now we've we've signed, we've signed him to a new contract. We have to put, well, no, and we haven't signed any more new midfielders. So now, when the African players go off for the African Cup of Nations, you know, you know, this happening this season, we're going to obviously completely rely on Jacker now, Nenny. Yeah. Well, the other thing, of course, is, you know, against teams like Norwich and Burnley, uh, where you could argue that Xhaka actually might, you know, might be vaguely useful, uh, suspended. You know, this is the... the, Well, I'm happy about that. (laughs) Oh, I am. This is the only saving grace. We don't have to watch him for the next three games. And this is... And, but this is how it should be. He's going to have to pick other players. Yeah, this is. He should have been thinking about that before with with his team selections. F- forget Shaka. He should be old news. He should be out of the club. Well, if Lukonga comes in and has a couple of stormers, he, he may not ever get back in again. So oh, uh, I bet he will, though. I bet he will. <laughs> that pat on the back. He loves him. 
He absolutely loves him. What is going mm. on? You know, all right. What was the reaction, Josh? Because obviously you, you were there. What was the reaction at the Etihad of the Arsenal players to to the Xhaka sending off? Were they were they giving him grief or what was the... What was the no, I, I don't think you'd expect to see sort of grief given in that environment. You wonder what's done in the in the dressing room. Um I think there was just you know, as soon as as soon as the red, it was Arteta trying to sort of work out tactically with his coaches exactly, you know what they were you know going to do. The interesting thing, and, and they were making this point on on the radio last night on Five Live, was do you have enough about you as a group of players to almost go? We're two nil down. We're down to ten men. We need to just avoid as much embarrassment here today as we can. Damage limitation, yeah. yeah, It cannot really... I mean, no one rational could believe that Arsenal would possibly get back into the the game and to not just be... um, you know, and it seemed they weren't quite capable of, of doing that. But look, it's 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 so hard against Man City. But again, that comes. But men, again, the ma- ten men. But again, that comes from because they're launching a manager not even make a change when they go down to ten men in the first half. No, that never ever happens. If that's the first thing you have to do. You have to rearrange it. We no, left, you we still disagree. Had. You can you can move people you've got on the pitch on position to make a substitute on you know half an hour. It's very early. It's very early. The, th- the sad thing about it was was how predictable it was. But boy, look, we're, we're here on deadline day. We should talk about some of the ins and outs, shouldn't we? Um, that look yeah, like d- happening. What did you make of Maitland Niles on Instagram yesterday? Well, I was going to ask that as well. Yeah, do you know what? I think it's uh, to be honest. I, I I'm I'm I, I find it hard to, to separate my um, anxiety about Arteta's failures as I perceive them and and the fact that I've realized belatedly that he's not up for that he's not good enough for this job with the fact that and the, and the fact that he seems to be terrible at man management even worse at man management than he is at tactics and team selection all of that right um because I think the instant making our situation is crazy I think you know he played in as I mentioned before he played in the semi-final and the final of the FA Cup that we won where we beat Chelsea and Man City and for me a manager that sees that happen and has to then make sure that he's a part of our team fuck Cedric Suarez and all these other options all these you know inferior options he should have been picking him and the fact that he hasn't been picking him and he's been picking these terrible options ahead of him and Andy Maitland-Niles has a right to think what are you thinking you know, reminding him of the, his strengths and reminding him how well he did. And I know there's a history about, oh, he, wanted, he went to West Brom, he didn't want to play in defence and then he wants to play. I know all of that. But at some point, you have to make decisions for the good of the team and for the good of a good player who's worth pers- persevering with, unlike we now know for a fact the likes of Cedric Suarez, Kolasinac, etc. He's definitely in a class above those players. And it's absolutely horrendously wrong of Arteta to ostracise a player. Even So what happened last night where where Ainsley made not and normally you'd go oh what a what a fuck quit badly advised all of that but actually and I think what's happened in the end which seems to be that they've had they've had clear the air talks and he's going to stay with the club and apparently he's got some kind of commitment from um, the manager that he will be part of our plans that's a good outcome and that's an outcome driven by what he did on Instagram yeah so, I mean, yeah I, I, I made the I to me he he. He's got huge potential, but again, defensively, he's not the full package. And he, and you know, yes, he's great overlapping and all that kind of stuff. If you're going to be a fullback, your job mainly is to defend. That's your job. Not but better not than Cedric, yes, though, right? Well, but that's that. The bar's pretty low. That's standing with faint praise. Yeah, it is. Yes, no, it is. is but our bar is very low at the moment. Yeah. But yes, um, just a, a word about um, about the, if the pre, if the uh, reports are correct, Tommy Yasu. Um, now I haven't seen that much. I've seen a little bit of him at Bologna. He's kind of um, he's, he's young. He's I think he's twenty two. He's, he's kind of very varies his position between right back and centre half. He did play left back a couple of times, I believe. Actually, he was playing quite well at right back last season, and then they moved him into the middle, and the Italian press got a hold of him. Just didn't rate his performances at all. So that doesn't bode particularly well. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's six foot right. two. Um, you know, the Italian league is a tough league. So I think that, that would have toughened him up a little bit. Um, I don't mm. know. I haven't really seen enough of him to make a judgment. But if he is being criticised in the press um, for his Serie A performances at centre-half, that worries me a little bit. If he's buying him as predominantly yeah. a right back, maybe, maybe. 
I, I mean, think Josh feel sent me Josh sent me a video of from Sky Sports News of uh-huh. uh, where 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 the guy well, who's that guy Josh the presenter. Uh, anyway, he was saying that he's this hybrid. He's not a right back, and he's not a central central centre back. He's neither. And you're like, oh my god. Yeah. And that, but to counter that quickly on my um, on my group chat, um, Steve Proud Proudy sent me a message from about Adam Ray Vogue Vogue on Twitter. Went through his stats, and they're pretty decent. Like he tackled more than half the dribbles he took on. Ninetieth percentile performance. He was dribbled past thirty times, but better stats than Bellerin. For he's example. quick. He is quick. He's quick. You know. So yeah. I don't know what. I don't. Who, who knows who to believe? I mean, it's it's, it's clearly a last minute thing, isn't it, Josh? Because there was no mention of him at yeah. all until today. Well, n- nothing in the public domain, maybe, but you'd yeah, Ornstein be surprised says if, um, mm. yeah, I think they've probably been, you know, on, on some list somewhere. You imagine the thought process is is more right back, just with, obviously, if Bellerin is, is leaving the club today and, you know, already not only have we brought in Ben White, but you have sent out Saliba on loan and there can't be any more loans with Saliba. You must be thinking that he'll be involved next year or, or possibly or so well I saw someone saying that this means the, I saw someone saying this means the end for Saliba because he's basically the same player I saw someone some uh, uh, yeah. well, I can't trust one bloke on your Twitter I feed know I know <laughs> hey sorry Don't. nothing against the people on your Twitter feed I mean they um, are the greatest look, obviously look uh, I, I think if if Bellerin's leaving will the fans be upset there's another right back option given the amount of the fan base that are totally convinced with Cedric or Chambers or even Maitland-Niles at right back, no. I think people will probably be happy to see uh, to see another option in there who's who's come from a, a, a credible league, who's an international. And you know, look, we'll, time time will tell. Yeah, we'll see. Um, if um, I think one if, of the reasons, by the way, why he we've kept Angus Maitland-Niles in the end is because I think we must have suddenly realised about this African Cup of Nations because our our midfield is is weak and he can still play in midfield. We haven't just realised. I, I think oh, I th- we, they were about couple- to send him to Everton yesterday. And I don't think the African. I think I think the guys know the tournament is uh, is taking place. I think there's a couple of the FA Cup games are due to take place. While um, we're going to be left with a pretty weak midfield, Josh. If that, I mean, if you're right, then they should have bought another fucking central midfielder. I t- you can't go buying big players for what might be four games, two of which are cup games. I think. No, I don't. I, think. No, I, don't, I don't mean that. But I'm taking into account the fact that two of those players are on Nenny and Chaka. You know. Yeah, well, I mean, the other thing. I mean, you're talking about players who should be on their bike. There's one we haven't mentioned. Um, Pablo Mari should be on his bike sharpish. I mean, watching him trying to mark uh, Lukaku has been like watching Gus Caesar trying to keep Pelle in check. I mean, it was it was ridiculously <laughs> pathetic, wasn't it? I mean, but the weird thing was, of course, you're absolutely right, um, Trevor. But in the end, like I felt like he would have been a better pick, even him, even Pablo Mari, uh, than Kalasinac and Chambers, right? I mean, you know, that's the desperation. He dropped him. That's he's so kind. Of, it's like a weird mix of fickle insanity and like you know. Well, actually, then we'd rather, I'd probably rather have stuck with him. Completely flawed because he would have been better. You know, I'm not the first person to say this. He would have been more better suited to defending against the City players than, of course. Then, of course, um, Lukaku, who's, as you say, the nightmare, from his worst nightmare, and he was absolutely feeble with him. We should think about the next game, shouldn't we, Josh, officially, in terms of uh, predictions? Because we're going to yeah, we should also bid, break. bid uh, Reese Nelson um, well in, in yeah. Feyenoord for the... Uh, I mean, they've the extended ahead. his contract, though, haven't they? So they're clearly, like, you know, they're still clean to Reese uh, Nelson. You know, and we, we, of course, had seen him in the in the Premier League now this, this season, so... Yeah, it's uh, an, an interesting one to, you know, again, it's one of them where you wonder if he'll ever really make the make the grade at Arsenal. But um, but there we go. Yeah, Norwich, I am convinced we are going to win this game of football boys and it will <laughs> restore some calm to, to everything uh, about the club. I mean, it's the game we need. It was really the game we needed after Chelsea, but if ever there was a a game that we needed to just get off the bottom of a Premier League table. It, it's this one, isn't it? So we won't go mad, but two nil, <laughs> two nil to us. You're going mad, in my um, uh, in my opinion. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go two one Arsenal with a very late winner at a very nervy Emirates. 
Um, I mean, we've got to win. Yeah, we, we've, I mean, we've got to win. I, I actually am of the opinion that if we if we lose at home to Norwich, I mean, that is, I do think that's that's. I think he's got to go. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd be very happy for him to go now, the manager. But I think he, he he'd have to go after that. So I think we will win. Of course, yeah. I think it'll be three one. Three one. Am I being a bit mad there? No, I think it'll be three one. Yeah, slightly <laughs> slightly overly optimistic. I, I might, it was so nice to be back at the Emirates for that game against oh, it was Chelsea great. in the yeah. environment. Yeah. I am so nervous about going 1-0 down because of how horrible yeah. it would oh, be. Oh, yeah. yeah. It would oh, be gotcha. just a vile environment of, of disappointment and, was, and well, yeah. hate and booing. And we're, and so, people and we're so mentally weak at the moment that I do worry. I agree with you. I don't think we're capable of coming back from, from anything, going from, from let Consigna go. It was interesting. I've meant to say much earlier about that interview with... Um, with um, Aubameyang, where he said how scared there was like fear. The players weren't brave enough, you know. And I think that is, that's, that, I think that's an absolute issue with, with, with half our team. And you worry, you worry about that. But mm. anyway, Trevor, what do you think the score's going to be? Oh, you've said already. Sorry. 2 1. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, 2 1. Well, there has been some hysteria, mostly on my part. Um, uh, apologies. It's just, it's just annoying. I feel it's really annoying that. That, you know, we should be doing better with these players. It shouldn't be that difficult. It shouldn't be that difficult to achieve some basics of football. That's 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 my feeling. Um, anyway, thank you very much, Trevor. Enjoy, it. enjoy Thanks. as ever. Cheers, Josh. Um, you, I guess we'll get to cheer on Sakezi for England. I mean, hopefully, that's something to yeah. cling to, isn't it? <laughs> it's almost a welcome distraction, isn't it? Oh, it's <laughs> a very welcome distraction. Hugely yeah. welcome distraction. Yeah, yeah. All right, thanks very much. We will be back after the Norwich game. Bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk.